Welcome to Will Ride for Wine, a podcast about wine writing and song, but mostly wine and writing, with your hosts Samantha Graves and Lonnie Diane Rich. Take it away, girls. Thank you, Wanda. Welcome to Will Write for Wine. This is Lonnie Diane Rich. We're having a special episode tonight for two good reasons and one not good reason. The good reasons, I have not one but two special guests with me tonight, Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. The sad news, Sam is sick tonight and can't be with us. Please send her many get well vibes, and if you're hanging out in the forums, please stop by and wish her well. We've got a little forum topic for you to do that. Um, as such, with no one around to organize the show and make it run like clockwork, uh, I'm pretty certain I'll be screwing things up mightily. But let's just look at it as a refreshing change of pace rather than a train wreck of a show. Uh, really, it's all in just the way you look at things. In the meantime, I'd like to introduce my guest. Jennifer Cruzy is the New York Times bestselling author of 15 solo novels, including my personal favorite, Faking It. Uh, she's the go-to girl on collaborations, having done two books, Don't Look Down and Agnes and the Hitman, with thriller writer Bob Mayer, and the three-way collaborative novel, The Unfortunate misfortunes with Ann Stewart and Eileen Dreyer. Uh, currently, this very week, in fact, Jenny is working on her next collaborative novel called Dogs and Goddesses, which she's writing with two other incredibly lovely authors, who we'll get to in a second. <laughs> Jenny, welcome to We'll Write for Wine. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad to have you. Ah, it's just lovely. And it's such a lovely place to have it, too. It is. We're in How'd Jenny's you ever find this lovely place? house on the river. So we've got atmosphere. And I've got people actually in the room with me, whereas most of you who listen to it know that Sam and I are an hour apart whenever we do it. Now i got people looking at me while I'm all podcasting and stuff. Mm. And four dogs. If you hear barking in the background, that's because Veronica didn't like me. <laughs> all right. And our other special guest is the lovely Anne Stewart, who we will sometimes call Chrissy tonight because that is also her name. Long story, don't ask. Um, Anne is the New York Times bestselling author of over 60 novels, right? Over 60? Over 60. Over si- Wow. Overachiever. Okay. <laughs> Pardon me while I say, holy crap, and has been writing novels for over 30 years, since she was just five years old. Quite the prodigy. Her first collaborative novel, The Unfortunate Misfortunes, hit the bestseller list when it came out last summer, and she enjoyed the process so much that she let Jenny drag her into Dogs and Goddesses as well, uh, and we're so glad she did. And welcome to We'll Write for Wine. Oh, thank you so much, darling. <laughs> so good to have you here. Um, all right, now it's time for the wine. Jenny, what are you drinking? Oh, I am drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't actually like wine. I'm drinking something... Uh, mm-hmm. That I don't have the bottle, Toasted dear God. Head. Well, I wrote you down all the notes. Barefoot Chardonnay? Notes? No, that's no, yours. It says, bright tangerine and pear fruit aromas are highlighted by clove and nutmeg, which I can taste the pear, but mm-hmm. I can't taste the clove and nutmeg. Uh, mm-hmm. This medium-bodied wine has a crisp acidity and long finish with pear and toasty butterscotch oak flavors and a creamy texture. I'd tell you what it was, but she didn't leave me the bottle. It's Toasted Head. Hmm? Didn't I put Toasted Head in there? No. It's Toasted Head. It's got a very funky little label. It's got a very funky little taste, too. <laughs> How are you enjoying that wine? Honey? Oh, it's not good. <laughs> so on a one to five glass rating, what Well, you, you have it? to understand that my usual tipple is Diet Coke. <laughs> so I was going out of my comfort range to drink well, I told anyway. you you could have had a Diet Coke tonight. They would I know. have understood. Well, I've got water here, but I'll keep trying the, <laughs> I'll keep trying the toasted head. That just doesn't sound good. Toasted head? I know. It's like it yesterday's cheese. Bad. It's not a good phrase. It's, just, it's not good. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, and Chrissy, Ann, what are, you, what are you drinking tonight? Certainly not butterscotch wine. Yes. <laughs> it's not butterscotch. It's pear, and it's, it's really not good. It's butterscotch in there. You ran, you ran off yeah, of butterscotch. Yeah, but I can't taste the butterscotch. You taste the pear, though. Oh, but you're not well. a fan of pear, right? If it was butterscotch, I'd be sucking this down. <laughs> well, if I were actually to drink wine, I would drink uh, Behringer, um, oh, yeah. Cabernet, mm-hmm. or... 
probably a, a good Behringer Cabernet. This is a woman who's nice. drinking But I'm drinking. Apple. I'm sorry. <laughs> she sounds good, but she's got diet peach Jen, snapple I have got iced diet tea. Peach snapple. I have diet peach snapple iced tea, which is really quite nice. Normally, I would have... It's an excellent year. It what was, was an excellent it? year. 2007? I would have the, I ha- would have the more obscure and delightful tab, but oh. I had to give it up when I had surgery this year, and I haven't gone back to bubbles, so oh. it's peach diet snapple for me. <laughs> Once again, too much information. <laughs> yeah, you guys are going to have to get used to too much information. We tend to overshare when we're together. <laughs> well, it's like sisters. It yes. Is. It is. It's definitely a sisterhood. All right, well, for me, I am drinking Barefoot Chardonnay. I had the Barefoot Chardonnay champagne a while back and really, really liked it. And uh, this is pretty good, too. Barefoot Chardonnay, according to their website, is a delightful wine with tempting flavors of green apples and peaches. Hints of honey and vanilla enhance the rich, buttery finish. It's 13% alcohol, and I think it was like seven ninety nine at Kroger's Yeah, it wasn't much. You wouldn't cheap. let me buy anything that was over $10. Well, I'm the Which leads girl. us to... <laughs> The pears over here. I'm going to take some of yours later. I don't understand why all this wine tastes like fruit. I've never had a wine that tastes like pears or or butterscotch or cream. Here, try this. All right. Just take a sip. Oh, here's a big moment. Uh Nasty. Nasty, I know. The dog doesn't like the wine either. Now she's getting upset. Every time we move, Veronica, Veronica's Yeah, a whoever has this winery now hates us, but I'm Ew. sorry. Oh, you know is, what? But, you know, I'm oh, really not good. People don't notice. Oh, people don't people know? Don't well, that's good. No, I really hate when this we wine. <laughs> and we're very honest about our, our wine reviews. <laughs> but yours is usually, good? Usually I like you got the good wine? You like wine. I like wine, and I like cheap wine. I'm the cheap wine drinker. Sam drinks the Well, like the I would know. Well, I mean, that's the thing. You can't get too into wine because then you'll get all snobby about it, and it'll be really expensive. So I I actually have wine that I drink regularly out of a box. <laughs> out of the box? <laughs> a box wine. It's not bad. It's, it's a Corbett Canyon out of a box. It's pretty good. Um, so I actually, I really like the Chardonnay Champagne for Barefoot um, a little bit better, but this is also a good Chardonnay. It's fruity, but it's not too sweet. And for those who don't like oaky Chardonnays, this is probably really good Chardonnay for you. So I'm going to give it a four glass rating. What's oaky? the snapple get? Oaky, yeah, wine's oaky. How do you know what wine? How do you how do you know what oak tastes like? Well, there's a certain flavor to Chardonnay that's kind of like an oaky finish. I can't. Dis- how, when did you drink oak? Who, don't ask me questions. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> she just made it up. I I'm think just, so. I'm, well, oh gosh, you guys have no idea. I mean, some of the stuff that we've tasted. There's one that said it tasted like saddle leather. I mean, saddle leather. Some of them have white pepper flavors in them, which in a wine. Doesn't sound appealing to me, but apparently it's it's a big wine tasting thing. I don't know. I have no class. I drink the cheap wine. See, we thought you were the expert. Oh, God, no. Sam's the expert. She's the one who does the good stuff. I drink the cheap stuff, and I give everything like a four-glass, five-glass rating. She'll give it like three glasses or whatever. That's our low rating. If anything's a two-glass, pretty much we pour it down the sink before we end up getting to the podcast and do something else. Well, I'd give the peach Maybe diet snap apple. stem. Not mm-hmm. only is it not a glass, I want the glass thrown in the fireplace. <laughs> My peach diet snapple is a solid three glass. A solid three glass. Okay. And I'm just going to have to give the toasted head like a one glass for you, Jenny. Is that? Snap stem. I like that. Yeah, snap stem. Don't... Okay, let me try it again. Wait a second. 
Not a wine drinker. Well, the more I have it. Yeah, no, that, that's the effect. The more you have of it. Usually after about half a glass, you're like, you know, it's well, not Well, the other bad. thing is, anybody who knows me at all knows I can't handle alcohol. I don't drink. Oh, so good. Jenny's going to get soft. Three or four more sips of this, and I'm going to be thinking it's as good as Werner's so ginger ale. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if we poured a little Verner's in here, I might get it. <laughs> All right, well, Let's reserve the glass thing until I get to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> that takes care of our A block. Stick with us and we will be Oh, no, right it's back. really bad. Oh, ew. is it bad? <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> At Will Write for Wine, we take our civic responsibility very seriously. We don't want anyone getting into any trouble just because we made drinking wine look cool. So we'd like to make the following statements. We are cool. We just have to be drinking wine while being cool. It's not the wine that's cool. It's us. And you, of course, because you listen to us and you're obviously in the top 1% of cool. So you should be happy about that. And that's it. That covers it. But the public service announcement is scheduled for a full minute. So underage people get a Pepsi. No soup for you. And if you're planning on driving tonight, put the glass down. Not worth it. Also, never pluck your eyebrows when you've been drinking. That's a handy piece of advice. Oh, and if you put a bottle of Chardonnay in the freezer to chill it quickly, set a timer. A loud timer. Trust us, the last thing you want is a bottle of Chardonnay exploding all over your veggies. And if you're over the age of 35, no drinking games. You're going to have to trust us on that one. Okay, that's it. Time's up. Just remember, it's not the wine that's cool. It's you. Thanks for coming back with us. This is Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is uh, Will Write for Wine. <laughs> Sam's sick tonight, so be sure to send her your well wishes. Um, in the meantime, we're mixing up the format a little bit tonight, but don't worry, we'll answer your questions and do recommendations again next week when Sam is back. For tonight, I have Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart with me, and we're going to talk about collaborating. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard me talk about it every week, <laughs> I'm currently working on a collaborative novel with Ann and Jenny called Dogs and Goddesses. Uh, you can read more about it at dogsandgoddesses.com. This week, we're at Jenny's lovely home in Ohio, where we're working really hard on the book and buying yarn and doing all sorts of fun stuff, trips to IHOP. And tonight, we're going to talk about everything you ever wanted to know about collaborating, but were afraid to ask. So, Jenny, let's start with you. What made you decide to start collaborating? Uh, I hit a terrible writer's block and couldn't finish my book. And Bob Mayer said, you should write a book with me. And I thought, he writes four or five books a year. He knows how to get to the end. So I said yes. And he got me to the end of a book. Uh-huh. And I just loved it. Mm-hmm. So after that, I went out and it was like an entry level, yeah. you know, drug that I then went <laughs> out and drug, got right. Chrissy and Eileen Dreyer. And, mm-hmm. and Eileen had a wonderful idea for an anthology. And once we started the anthology, I said, you know, we could do this as a collaborative novel. And they bit. <laughs> it really just kind of happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the unfortunate misfortune started out as a novella anthology and um, then turned into a collaboration. Um, how did the processes differ for you between the two? Did, was it a real different process from the start to the end? It's a much different process because you actually have to listen to other people mm-hmm. and pay attention to what they want. When you're writing a novella, you're just writing a short novel on your own, even if it's got a mm-hmm. uh, an overarching theme. But mm-hmm. this time, you actually have to read other people's stuff Mm -hmm. and pay attention and keep things uh in order Mm -hmm. uh but it's fun it's i you learn a whole lot just loved it so you signed on for an anthology though and ended up in a collaboration Mm -hmm. have you ever collaborated on anything before that no and i i would have thought i I couldn't i would have thought so too i was the same way (laughs) and yet i love it yeah Yeah, it really is because i'm so easy to get along (laughs) it's all because of jenny because jenny's indeed indeed All right, so um, let's talk about some of the basics of collaborating. Jenny, what's your favorite thing about collaborating? 
Oh, there's so many things, really. I know that sounds like Peppy Pollyanna, but really, there's so many things I love about it. Um, I love reading stuff in my book that I've never, that I haven't written. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get scenes from you and Chrissy, and I, I read them and think, oh, this is so cool, and I can use this and this. Um, it makes me a better writer because mm-hmm. I have to justify everything to you, and um, in the the course of justifying things, things become so much clearer. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just not lonely. Writing is so incredibly lonely. Mm And collaborating is like a slumber party. It is. Well, it's a slumber party. It's a slumber party right crazy. now. <laughs> <laughs> like a poker game knows. with Bob. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> well, it depends on who you're working with. Um, what about you, Chrissy? What's your favorite thing? Uh, learning new things. Mm-hmm. Looking at things in an entirely different way. I've always been into that anyway because you can't survive so many years uh, writing without being able to reinvent yourself and reinvent your process and Mm -hmm. the problem with process is each time it's different anyway the moment you figure you think you've got it figured out it throws you a curve but uh with um collaboration you start looking at things in a different way i used to be very seat of the pants um instinctive with my writing and i still am Mm -hmm. but with uh with collaboration you have to actually use your brain (laughs) (laughs) Actually think about it and tell people why there has to be a pineapple in that scene. Right. Because (laughs) there is. Because it's there. Well, I know there have been a few times where we've, um, there are certain things like uh, Ray, the character of Ray for Dogs and Goddesses. I know. You all hated Ray. (laughs) You know, I didn't hate Ray, but I didn't see what his purpose was like in the bigger, and I felt like we had so many characters in this We do have a lot of characters (laughs) Wait, let's put in another dog. <laughs> and um, and it was funny because, you know, you had said, I know I need to have Ray. I know I need to have Ray. And now that we've gotten to the end of the book, you know, even though in the beginning I was just like, all right, I'm going to trust you. Because, you know, if you say you need this character, then you need this character. And then at the end of the book, you knew you needed, you know, Ray was your pineapple. Right. <laughs> you needed <laughs> <Ray>. <laughs> <Where's> my pineapple. <laughs> Ray is really more Char's pineapple, but yes. Pineapple. And <laughs> well, I think until you finish your first draft in the collaboration, mm-hmm. you don't know what each other needs right and I think it's, it's the same thing with the book or at least for me when I'm writing a regular book there are certain things that are in the book that I just put in there and that I didn't plan and then I just kind of pop in right. and then at the end of the book I realized how essential they were at the time they seemed really you know kind of just random to yeah, throw that's in. one of my favorite things about writing mm-hmm. finding that those little surprises yes that the, go, oh cool <laughs> well that's why the concept well, of the girls in the basement in. is so mm-hmm. great because it kind of explains where that magic comes from like mm-hmm. because consciously I didn't know you know that the pineapple was going to have this kind of meaning at the end and then and now I've got this pineapple analogy going um I think that's when you know you've really got a good collaborative group though right. is that when that collective unconscious works for all of you yes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the stuff that I needed and the stuff that you needed and the stuff that Chrissy needed all of a sudden has this synergy and you mm-hmm. start going oh I you needed Ray because right you know, right and it's great now, now Lonnie uses Ray and it's <laughs> well and that's one of the the really fun things is when you have a character that I can use for one of my scenes right. or whatever, like, you know, my Mary Ellen and Frederick, which are these two characters that my character Daisy was working with. And I pulled them in for one scene and I was like, I can't justify this. And the next thing you know, um, you know, Chrissy's character has a use for them and you have a use for them. And they actually filled a purpose, you know, fulfilled a purpose throughout the rest of the book. And so that was kind of fun to be able to, <laughs> to reuse yeah. those characters. The idea that what we do instinctively also instinctively plays into each other. It's right. a little creepy, actually, but it, it's it very kind of is. nice. It's a little like a mind meld. Yeah, <laughs> like the hive mind. <laughs> <Whatever>. yes. <laughs> we would all hive chat mind. online together, and um, you know, we'd be talking about something, and then two of us would give the same answer at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like this weird kind of hive mind thing where when you work that closely with people um, for that long. And it's also one of the things collaborating, um, you know, I've worked with people in teams on projects, you know, professionally before. But this has been, and I, you know, and I don't know, I wonder if you can do it with somebody that you're not friends with. Like, well, you I, and Chrissy hadn't met when you started. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I think we worked together really well from, oh, yes. from the beginning, yep. you know. Absolutely. But we've become they such close friends since I then, know. you know. And I don't know uh-huh. if that's um, if that's because we – I think we would have just been friends anyway. Yes. If we had all been thrown oh, on a bus together, we would have all been friends. But um, I don't know if I could work this closely with somebody that I didn't trust that much. Oh, you no. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. I mean, I think that you have to have a real deep level of trust. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, in a place. But again, like this. I think you find that out pretty mm-hmm. fast. You would have, when yeah. we invited Chrissy in, mm-hmm. we gave her an out and said, you know, we'll try this yes. for a little while, and then if you're not comfortable, mm-hmm. that she could always escape. Right. <laughs> right away, right away. Because me and Jenny in a room is not good news for the third person. <laughs> Even without the wine. Oh, I would just like to point out that Lonnie tasted the wine, and she thought it was vile, too. Oh, so it, it was wasn't terrible. Just... We're going to give it our first ever one-glass rating. <laughs> Snap stem, I'm telling you. So anything that says toasted head, don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bad. But you tried the barefoot Chardonnay, though, and it's okay, right? It's okay. She's, you're not a wine yeah. person. but for It tastes like wine. It tastes like wine. <laughs> that was her first complaint. Like it's toasted, toasted head like didn't. Toasted head. Tastes like toasted head. So, yeah, that's bad. It had a diesel-y flavor. <laughs> diesel-y flavor. It did. It was really kind of bad. And then it had a really horrible aftertaste, too. Yeah. I mean, wine always has See? a little bit of an aftertaste. See? But this was like, yes, very foul. So it was not just Jenny and her dislike of wine. Thank you. All right. So um, so what's your least favorite thing about collaborating? We'll start with Jenny. Um, is there anything I don't like about well, there's the guilt, which isn't mm-hmm. anything that you and Chrissy do, but I always feel like, oh, God, this isn't working out. I don't know what Char's goal is, and it's all my fault, and I'm holding everybody up, mm-hmm. and I'm going to die. You know, it's <laughs> well, just... I think we all feel like that sometimes, though, because I know there's always times we have a, our weekly chat, and one of us will come in and be like, I'm holding you guys up. I'm so sorry. I'm, such I'm a so sorry. Guy. I should just be drummed out of the collaboration. <laughs> so the guilt. The guilt does nothing for me. Yeah, yeah. But that's something that's... Um, that I do to myself, mm-hmm. too. I mean, you know, we don't, we're so supportive, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it's okay, baby. Take a loot. You'll be okay. Yeah, we don't do guilt trips on each other. We do it on ourselves. I think yeah. all of us do it on ourselves. So what about you, Chrissy? What's your least favorite thing about collaborating? Oh, I hate to say it. It's us. Me? Oh, no, come on. No, it's just no. us. Yes. Um, um, it's because I'm used to, I'm used to, unremitting praise mm-hmm. <laughs> i used to oh, criticism said, chrissy this sucks you have to change it you got upset <laughs> for some reason <laughs> you're, you're actually I'm looking so at it critically too. instead of in awe Such <laughs> and it's a little startling yeah and jenny and i too are so because both of us we're so battle scarred that we're just like i you know we're, well, we'll we love it too other. it's like Tell me everything I that's know. wrong. Tell I'll fix it. It'll we be wonderful. This, we have this basic, I think, essential writer's masochism going on. Beat me, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, so we come at each other. I mean, like, you know, Jenny sends me something, and I rip it to shreds and vice versa, and we love it. And then poor Chrissy comes in with her scene, and we just go at it like tigers in a cage. And I feel bereft. <laughs> But, you know, it doesn't mean that it's not a good scene, I know. though. And that's the one thing that I know that I forget to say a lot. Like, to me, because it's you guys, and I'm working with writers of this caliber, 
the fact that it's good Isn't goes enough. unsaid. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, but it has to I actually mean, work. It's obviously good. You guys wrote it. <laughs> but it no, I th- this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's not that um, it's what I dislike least. It was uh, dislike most. It was what was the hardest thing for me to get to used to. I actually to. do like it now. Yeah. yeah. Because we, now that you've mm-hmm. explained that you realize my brilliance. Yes. Oh, and, yes. and, mm hmm fabulousness we that I can darling. take all that's the criticism. why you are collaborating with yeah. you yes. Yes. but, but so it was more it was the adjustment mm-hmm. the adjusting to that I don't know if I had to answer what was my least favorite thing about the collaborating you do have to answer it mm. yeah it was your question I know it's not just me doing the interview it was supposed to be Sam who was like the moderator here but poor Sam's sick um I, you know, honestly, it has been it's been such a positive experience for me in every single way I think Maybe my least favorite thing is when we have to let the business in, mm. when we have to oh, get, the, yeah. I hate that. get the contract. And do because it's uh, it was such pure joy just working with you guys. And I, and I learned. I mean, I, you know, I can't even tell you how much I've learned in this past year. And working with people like you. I mean, you guys have been doing this for much longer than I have. And you have so much more experience. Yes, you so you're much very more young, dear. I know. Mean, I know. Someday you'll but be old, I have old no experience. Too. I'm not talking about old. I'm talking about experience. <laughs> I'm talking about how long you've been doing it. And you're both, you know, you're both like these incredibly successful writers. And I'm this like wide-eyed newbie. Like, yeah, collaborate. Uh-huh. Sure. Okay. You know, and, um, and it's just been an incredible We do patch you on experience. the head a lot. What? You do? Actually, it's like Milton. Calm down, Lottie. Okay. Milton is um, Jenny's puppy. So I apparently am the puppy. (laughs) Yes, yes, you are. You're just a puppy. Question is who's Veronica? Who's Veronica? (laughs) Veronica. Veronica's named after Veronica Lake, and there's a reason. Well, and she is a bitch diva. She's a bitch. That would be you. Which I think leaves me to be wolfy. Oh gosh! Now I you don't can know. See I feel like we're doing Lucy. dogs and goddesses. <laughs> <laughs> we're very, very into dogs in this yes. collaboration. But um, all right. So, um, Jenny, what advice would you give to writers who are thinking about collaborating? Um, don't. <laughs> the it's reason is, it's we very, it, very no. difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've seen a lot of collaborations crash and burn. Yeah. And the collaboration with Bob, we're in our third year, mm-hmm. and it's. He's a great guy, and he's a wonderful collaborator, mm-hmm. but it's been a struggle mm-hmm. even so because you have to give up so much. Mm-hmm. And he's always said, if we both hadn't done so many books before we started this and knew exactly who we were mm-hmm. and what our voices were, it could have been really, really bad. Yeah. And I think the same thing applies to all of us. You have a very, very strong voice, mm-hmm. and so does Chrissy. Mm-hmm. So we weren't – Yeah. nobody Nobody's overruns anybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think if you're just thinking, gee, would collaboration be a good idea? No, it wouldn't. <laughs> it's, it's difficult. I also it's think it would be difficult. I mean, if you're talking about from a publishing standpoint, I think it would be difficult to sell. It's very like difficult to get published. I was doing this with two other unknown authors. I right. think it would be very difficult to sell because, you know, I had you guys. I was able to kind of slide in on it. But I think well, as plus a... Plus, you mm-hmm. have to tell people that it's a collaborative novel. You put three names on a book and everybody thinks it's an anthology. Right. Mm-hmm. And those are very, very hard to sell. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. just... if. If, unless you have two friends that you, or another friend who is, you know, you're really close with and your voice is sync and you've got a story you have to tell right. and it's the only way you can do it. <laughs> you know, this is not a, gee, I think I'll do this. I think it's, it's kind of a high risk, high yield. You know, one of those things where um, I'm not it's sure. It's very high risk. In all honesty, I'm not sure that I would ever be able to, cl- I, first I thought I would never be able to collaborate with anybody. <laughs> you know? 
know, when the idea first hit, you know, Jenny, you um, brought it up, and we had another um, Elisa Holiday who was with us in the beginning, and I had to drop out, and that's when Chrissy came in. But, you know, I mean, in the early days when, you know, Jenny Cruzy comes up to you and says, hey, would you like to collaborate? I'm like, yeah, you know. But when I, I said yes, because I'd be unbelievably stupid not you to, but at so the time, easy. I was scared to death. Oh, I really am. <laughs> But I was scared to death about it because I really didn't think I'd be able to do it. For one thing, you know, writing, again, it's that it's isolated, but you have complete control over what goes on, right. you know. And I couldn't imagine sharing that kind of creativity with somebody and not having, you know, clashes that would really be a problem, you know. Um, and also because I'm I'm, I'm really very stubborn. <laughs> I really believe very strongly in um and what needs to be in my book and how it needs right. to be there. And the thing is that's worked really well is that we all kind of see these things the same way. So we know what has to happen. But we're know? also all very stubborn. Mm-hmm. And I think that happens. We, we've got a lot of respect for each other. Right. So we don't try to. We don't overrun each we other. We don't overrun yeah. each other. But we also stick up. Nobody gets overrun because we all stick up for what right. we believe in. Right. But at the same time, I think we all have a lot of flexibility. Right. You know, so if something really is broken, we can see it and kind of fix it. But I think that's kind of a rare combination like I you know I would be worried about trying I was worried about trying to collaborate with us luckily knock on wood it's turned out really really well. right no I don't think you have to knock on wood we've got the first draft done we're yeah, just you know right. but it's it's done uh-huh. but I know Chrissy you want to talk about shiny toys oh yeah oh, let's talk about yeah. shiny toys well shiny toys came up because I would I would write stuff that I just really loved and it didn't necessarily make sense, mm-hmm. but I knew where it was going right. and mm-hmm. I knew it's why it needed to be there. It's, again, it's like the pineapple it's thing. The pineapple. And, mm-hmm. um, and Jenny and Lonnie would say, but why? And sometimes mm-hmm. I just simply wouldn't have an answer. <laughs> oh, check on the dogs. <laughs> and um, it got very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Well, it got, fr- I felt, I don't know, I felt wounded mm-hmm. that they didn't understand and trust me right. so finally jenny came up with this term that i just say these are my shiny toys keep your hands off right so right. now if there's something i love that i can't justify i just get away with saying shiny toys right and they leave me alone <laughs> well we leave you alone. Like a <laughs> safe word as much as we can yeah shiny yes toys. it's our safe okay, word okay get the cuffs <laughs> It is. Um, okay, so Chrissy, back to the question um, that we started with. What advice would you give to writers thinking about collaborating? Um, <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Um, I would <laughs> say... Once we get past Jenny's don't, for all the reasons Jenny says don't, they've gotten past that and they're going to do it anyway, what would you tell them? <laughs> I would say, well, if they're, if they're already going to do it anyway, then I'd say go ahead and do it anyway. I'd say do it for the love of it and for the creative experience. Mm-hmm. Don't do it for um, for any practical reasons because publishers are are idiots mm-hmm. and uh my publisher's wonderful and yes. well no st martin is wonderful is fabulous. but um bookstores reviewers mm-hmm. don't seem to realize that even if it says a collaborative novel on the front <laughs> they, still still they will still review you it, could it. Get a review, perhaps where somebody who had supposedly read it thought mm-hmm. it was an anthology yeah. So mm-hmm. don't. There are no practical reasons in terms of business to do it. Really, not at all. But creatively, creatively, creatively it's I think wonderful. that there's. Yeah, I mean, for me, this experience has been. I mean, obviously, fabulous for me from a career standpoint because look who I'm working with. But, um, but I mean, creatively, <laughs> it has been. Shut up. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look who I'm working with, and Chrissy and I look at each other and go, "Oh boy." <laughs> But um, creatively, it has been the best experience of my life as far as just learning. I've learned so much more about 
how I write. Because again, when you have to justify it to somebody else, you kind of have to think about what your your processes are works. So it's been really fabulous. And then just basic, you know, things like structure and, you know, and, um, I don't know what is it they call it conflict. You have to have that in a scene, especially if yeah. working with what Cruzy. Is that? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Jenny Cruzy is not going to let you get away with anything. Let me tell you that. Much. <laughs> Who's your antagonist? I don't need an antagonist, and their head explodes, and there's pretty pink brains all over the wall. <laughs> you just do it on purpose to do make I need my antagonist. Explode. You know, I actually. <laughs> thought about doing that once or twice writing a scene without an antagonist or that oh please was it yesterday you said i think we should have a prologue i I knew you (laughs) (laughs) the arguing about the prologue you know but honestly okay okay that was a discussion that we had on war for why not too long ago was the discussion of the prologue and whether the prologue ever works and this is not about collaborating jenny says no never what do you say yes you say yes and have you used a prologue Oh In God! Yes. That's why that. she says yes <laughs> because they've worked. But I think they sometimes, in some circumstances, it it can work. You don't think so? Never, never. The never. prologue is the stuff that comes before the story starts. Yeah. Why do you want to waste the first page? The first page of your novel is the only time you will have to grab your reader. It's the only time when she's wide open to you. So you go, the story isn't going to start yet. I got this stuff no. I need to tell you so you'll understand the rest of it. Let me tell it. you. No, she's Let me tell you what happened in the summer of 44. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, Christy, An effective prologue mm-hmm. yes. is the inciting incident. If it's the inciting incident, then it's not a prologue. It starts the story. It's chapter one. Well, that's what a prologue should do. No, a prologue is the stuff that comes. That's why it's a prologue. But sometimes. If it starts the story, it's chapter one. All right, I'm trying to think of this. Of there is, There's an example of something that happens, say, in 1920. Uh-huh. Right. And then it's 1940, and it's Honey, still Honey, if it's 20 years later, that wasn't the inciting incident. But yes, it can can be. If it's something truly yes, it significant. <laughs> No. Like, a, okay, Veronica's shh, getting shh, freaked shh. out, and Lucy, okay, Lucy's the big beagle. For all of those of you at home, let me give you a play-by-play. Lucy's the beagle. Again? Veronica, you're Veronica's being bad. very upset. Veronica's easily upset. They're all little dachshunds. Jenny has them all over her website. <laughs> <laughs> Search Actually, for Veronica. <laughs> but, um, okay, so anyway, we're starting with prologues. Okay. <laughs> puppies what's up she's upset about is the idea that a prologue could ever be be? okay but (laughs) say there's there's a like okay well i was talking about finding nemo and then you yelled at me because that's a movie and it's different for me i didn't yell at you about finding nemo because i said there's a prologue the opening in finding nemo where the um oh and i said you can't use movies when you're talking about you can't use movies when you're talking about books now it's you want me to explain why yes talk to me about why because if you have bought the rented the DVD mm-hmm. or you've gone into a theater and you're sitting there with your Coke and your popcorn. Yeah. It has to be a really, really, really bad, bad start <laughs> before you get up and leave. But if you're in a bookstore and you've opened a book and it goes prologue and you read five and go, you know, this isn't very interesting. <laughs> but if it, it is down. interesting, I mean, what if it is a very significant moment and, okay, and it's I fascinating, have, have, and the people are wonderful, and then they turn the page, and the book's actually about somebody else. It's about no, those no, people no, no, 20 no. years okay, later. No, no. Okay, there's uh, there's uh, one of the books, one of Sam's books, one of her early books uh, that she wrote, C.J. Barry, has an opening scene where... I'm not um, going to trash Sam. I've never read this oh, book, no, 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 so I'm not going to... no, no, you're not going to trash her. You can disagree with her. Sam, I will it. never do that to you. <laughs> 
but, but okay, she this have is something that she had a prologue where it was um, something that had happened. Um, her the entire family had gotten killed when the girl was like sixteen or something like that, and so that was basically the core of her motivation. It was this really intense scene, and you open it up, you read it. It's very intense. It's completely gripping. You read it, and then when you get to the beginning of chapter one, you're really invested in this character, even though it's fifteen twenty years later. So I think in that circumstance that a prologue can work. Now, again, I'm anti-prologue as well, but I'm not 100% anti-prologue. I yeah. think there are times... I can't talk about anything that somebody's actually done yeah. in public. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go back and go, Sam shouldn't have done that because okay. now I'm criticizing Sam, and I okay. think it's a bad idea to okay. okay. well, talk I'm about it in, in the abstract. Position, but I'm saying that this is a circumstance in which I feel that a prologue like that, if you've got a circumstance or something in the background that is a gripping scene that is well written because I think the problem with the prologue essentially is that most times I would say 99% of the time if you can lift the prologue out of the book and not affect the book at all then you don't need it okay speaking in the abstract because I've never in read the abstract, that book exactly. I'm sorry that puts you in a bad position Sam it really does care, she you're going to go to hell uh, for that <laughs> But she Speaking wouldn't care. Speaking in the abstract, like, you know, though, yes, uh-huh. that you said it's in there to show her motivation. Mm-hmm. That's something the writer wants, not the reader wants. The reader wants to see the woman she's going to take the ride with uh-huh. as the trouble starts. And the trouble did not start when she had a lousy childhood. When all of the her, trouble her entire start. family got killed. This That's incident. not because she goes along fine for 20 years. Maybe mm-hmm. she's not happy, but she's stable. Right. The trouble starts, the conflict starts when the stability uh-huh. is changed, and that happens in the future. Mm-hmm. So the reason you put in usually a prologue, uh-huh. and I've never read Sam's book, and I am not criticizing Sam. <laughs> Sorry. Usually when you put in motivation fine. in a prologue, uh-huh. it's because you didn't want to work in the motivation. You didn't want to show it in the rest. It's easier to put it in, in the prologue. It's easier for writers. Writers love prologues. Mm-hmm. A lot of readers don't. And you'll find a lot of readers uh-huh. who say, I skipped the prologues. Right. Uh-huh. Not all of them. Some mm-hmm. readers will go, oh, yeah. You know, some readers well, some read readers, anything. I'm yes, sorry. Exactly. <laughs> but there are a lot of, of readers who just skip the prologue because uh-huh. they know it's not the story. Mm-hmm. And then you haven't put it in. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, but I haven't read that book. That may be you haven't read this book, and it's perfect example of a and prologue. And I put you in a horrible position by using you that did, as a You did. I'm telling example. you. I started with Finding Nemo, and you were putting glass in your breakfast tomorrow. Well, I can tell you a prologue yes. I did, uh-huh. and it's in my all-time favorite book, and I know, I can see why, what Jenny will say, and I also can understand the yeah, argument. Yeah, like, I'm going to criticize you in public. No. Well, you can't, you can, you, you're allowed to criticize me in public. No, but I'm I would do it. Um, the, no, the prologue uh-huh. was, the, the story was about uh, a man convicted of murdering his wife and suspected of murdering his two children. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. did you? Yeah. Um, Night, Nightfall, and I yeah. loved mm-hmm. that book. It was a great book. The Shouldn't pro- have a prologue, though. <laughs> the prologue was simply Just. the newspaper article. I, I mean, it was like two paragraphs uh-huh. of the newspaper. everybody wants to start a book well, reading a newspaper article. And that, and, you know, and that is a good point. I will criticize you. I, that's a good point because I quite often will skip, I'll skip mm-hmm. song lyrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll skip. Um, I'll skip newspaper articles. I'll skip letters uh-huh. in, that are in books. Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in general, well, I, I used to they're speak- in a foreign language. I don't speak. <laughs> Wait, what? I hate that. Wrote, no, people put in these little things that's written in French. Dorothy Sayers did Dorothy that. Dorothy oh, an entire letter written in French. And I'm just thinking, Dorothy. Well, the me. problem with that was though that letter written in French was his uncle's got uh, wisdom to Peter Sayers, Peter Whimsy, uh-huh. on his wedding night. I know. So you really wanted to know what he had to say. 
<laughs> you have to I sat translated like that sucker. Yeah. I did. I wanted to hear what he was telling her. I took Latin to do with Spanish Harriet in high Hain. school. I didn't have a prayer. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, All we right, got so a we've gotten off, off this, uh, this prologue thing. But well, I we have a lot to talk about. As we you do, can we tell, do. we have many spirited conversations. We do. We do. <laughs> All right. Um, so let me see. Uh, Jenny, how is the process different from working on a solo novel? And has collaborating changed how you approach your solo novels? Well, I'm hoping, because I'm working on my first solo novel in a long time. Sense, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've been drinking this wine. That's okay, baby. No, I gave you some good wine. I You're know, okay. but <laughs> that stuff stays with you. <laughs> Toasted Ed. Butterscotch. <laughs> you know, the name should have been a clue. Right. <laughs> um, I'm hoping it'll make me more efficient, because I've had to be more efficient. Right. You know, it's not like I can say to you, you know, I'm just not feeling it today. Right. <laughs> if I don't get my scene done, you can't pick up on it, right? Uh-huh. Your scene. So, mm-hmm. um, and I've gotten a lot more organized as far as structuring the, you know, these novels with you guys right. because I've had to, to work it out. So I, I think I'm a lot better on structure. Mm-hmm. Mostly, I just think it's going to be a lot lonelier. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But we've got each other to read each other's solo novels, yes. too. That's yes. another really good mm-hmm. thing about collaborating because we know each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we knew each other well before, but now we know each other as writers and we know yeah. how we write. Mm-hmm. and It's just good. Yeah, because, I mean, I now come to you guys with everything that I'm doing, you know. So it's sort of like it's become our own little writing group as right. well, yes. you know. Yep. So we're supporting each other on the solo. But I think that's be- that comes out of the friendship. I mean, we've just got a rare opportunity here to have a professional working relationship we're understanding each other professionally and then we've got a friendship on top of that where we actually like spending time with each other yes you know as opposed to the people you work with that you usually want to get away from um but uh, how about you chrissy how is has this changed the way that you approach your solo novels um sometimes badly because mm-hmm. sometimes I'll, Sorry, I'll, I'll want to start the book and then I'll I'll hear Lonnie's or Jenny's voice in my head, <laughs> your head. going, you're showing, not telling, no more info dump. <laughs> and I'll go, ah, and I'll be absolutely paralyzed. I think this is a good thing. Chrissy's a what? I said, I think this is a good thing. Oh, well. <laughs> right. Well, you're a good thing too, honey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so, um, but in general, uh, it's changed because I think more. Yeah. I look at it, and I, I also have a better idea when something's not working. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've learned a lot about it's easier for me to figure out why from okay. ha- talk, seeing how you guys look at things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's helped me look at things a different way. So that, And also, I used to be with my single titles. I basically, when I wrote them, when I went back to revise them, I had a bad habit of going through and just admiring all the good stuff. <laughs> Skipping over the bad stuff. That's not well, that bad a habit, though, because yourself. if all you yeah. do is find the bad stuff, then you want to kill yourself. Right, right. Realizing. So I think it's a really healthy thing to do. <laughs> no, I have a very, very uh, healthy love of my writing. Yes, um, good. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been very, very helpful. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think for me, I mean, I know the one thing that I've done is I've written two solo novels since we started work on Dogs and Goddesses. That's it. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> What have you done, Jenny? <laughs> oh, not much. <laughs> but um, but the thing that I've been able to do, um, one of them is that I've been able to look at it because um, one of the things that that Jenny introduced me to was the idea of turning points. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of each act. So for me, instead of writing starting in the beginning with a character in a situation that I knew, and then knowing at the end what the end was going to be, and having to kind of you know amble through those three hundred and fifty <laughs> pages in between. Now I write from beginning to the end of Act 1 to the turning point. And then I write from that to the turning point, you know, at the end of Act 2. And I'm able...
amble to kind of go from so for me just to, that's only like 100 pages you know I can do that I can amble through that and uh and make it work and it also I think um one of the things that I I did before was I would write I would hit a turning point and then I would stall out because I didn't realize what I was doing and I didn't, when you hit a turning point I mean that's you know you can angle any way you can go in a number of different directions from there um, and I would always try to pick out which direction I wanted to go and it was like hitting a joint you know and um, elbow joint not like a smoking <laughs> joint <laughs> here I am I'm moving my elbow and I'm like wait a minute <laughs> that's gonna sound bad to people who can't see me here I thought it was a little odd uh, but I wasn't yeah. gonna get you wet <laughs> but um and, and the thing that has made it so much easier is having an understanding of that I'm still not a plotter. You know, Sam will argue because I had color-coded um, sticky notes on the wall and I took a picture and ever since then she's been um, giving me hell because she thinks I plot. But, um, but just by being able to kind of write to a turning point, to know what's going to happen there, to know how my characters are going to be at that point and how it's going to affect them has made it just a thousand times easier for me to actually get through a book because I've always been very much like Chrissy, that kind of instinctive, like I just write it and it happens and then I figure it out. But I would torture myself <laughs> with this because I, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I didn't understand why they were doing the things they were doing. Now I have some kind of understanding. And because I have that perspective on it, <clears throat> then um, it's much easier for me to go through it. And that made it so much easier to write. Both the books that I wrote this year, um, Little Ray of Sunshine and Wish You Were Here, um, went so much easier for me. I mean, I used to get like physically sick after every single book. I would wear myself out so much trying to figure all this stuff out that actually it's improved my health. I haven't gotten sick after either of those books. And I think it's because I, I didn't have to spend as much time kind of torturing myself trying to figure out what was going to happen, that I knew the turning points. And so I had some kind of like vague map rather than just wandering all over the place. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it's been, um, it's really affected the way that I approach my solo novels and it's been incredibly positive for me creatively and then you know and I do have the voices in my head too you know which is something in in some ways it's really really good because it makes me more accountable I think for what I write because essentially those voices in your head all those things that you need to be conscious of you need to be conscious of so that you can make it easy for your reader to love your book Essentially, I think that's what there's a lot of rules, a lot of guidelines, whatever we want to call them, things like no prologues and no info dump and all that kind of stuff. That essentially what that does is it just makes it easier for the reader to love your book. And right. that's it, what you want to You've got to look at the theory and see mm -hmm. that it's reader based and not writer based. Exactly. And I think there's so many things yeah. that I actually don't believe in rules. I believe in common sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's so many things that writers fight against. Mm hmm. You know, they want to head hop or they want to do prologues right. or whatever. And mm -hmm. it always comes There's back to difference. me. <laughs> what is it? There is a difference between head hopping yes, and prologues. There, there absolutely mm -hmm, is. Mm -hmm. But to me, it always comes back to is what's best for the reader. Right. And mm -hmm. head hopping is never good for the reader. And I don't, mm -hmm. this is where, you know, Chrissy and I right. will disagree, but I don't think prologues are good for a reader. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But they're excellent for writers. God, I would right. love to write a prologue. Well, I think honestly, the prologue, I mean, in a lot of the books that I read, you know, when people, when I, you know, auction off critiques or whatever, um, you know, there's so many times where I've read a book for somebody, I'm like, you can lop off the first three chapters because your inciting incident is until the beginning of chapter right. four. And you have to say that to people. I've had to say that to people a lot. And that's because they write all that backstory. And, you know, there's also that iceberg um, idea, too, is that the, you know, there's the 10% above the water. That's what the reader needs to know. The 90% under the water is what you need to know. And I think that a lot of times we've done so much work on that backstory. Well, we, we love it so backstory. much. We know, know so much, and the details and are so wonderful, and you should want this, that's too. That's why but I want the myth. 
The lovely but, myth. Yeah, is but the, the myth. We'll do the myth and dialogue later. <laughs> They're not gonna. She's just not gonna break on that point. No, it would be bad for the book. It It'd really be bad would. For the Actually, book. Right, I'll as I think it. about it, as we were talking, um, I have, a, I do have a tendency to um, start a book. And then throw out the first chapter right. or two and, and go right to the second oh, or I third chapter. Does. I think so I actually, think if I think does. about it, I probably haven't used prologues very often. Yeah. I just still am um, I'm, I'm more open to the idea. Some people are more narrow-minded. What can I say? <laughs> well, I think you have to write to the beginning of the book. And uh -huh. I don't yes. think, you know, because then the critiques I've done, it's the same thing. You yeah. know, you can cut the first three scenes or you can cut the... But it's... Mm -hmm. You had to write those. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not you were you dumb and you wrote those. Writing. You had right. to write those to get writing. to the point where the story started. Mm -hmm. Now right. you know. And there's a lot them. of that. I mean, especially in Dogs and Goddesses. Dogs and Goddesses, I've thrown out more work than I think I have than anything else that I've done. Yeah, but let's talk a, about Char. It's what does Char want? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, gosh. I'm still working I've on I've definitely Daisy, thrown Daisy's out more yeah, yeah, than I've ever thrown, thrown out, out before. Stuff. Yeah, except for, no, I have one book that I threw out more in. Um, and that was the book where I didn't know my turning points and I was writing from beginning to end and I had no idea I was ambling down all these paths that just went the wrong way. But, um, but with Dogs and Goddesses, I think that um, because we need to fit everything in you know, we need to start it at the at the right point and get um, that there's so many things when we first started putting it together. I think we started writing it before we really knew, you know, we did a lot of discovery writing. And so there's and because you've got other people that you're working with, there's so many other considerations aside from just your character and just what your character. Well, needs, remember you know? when we started, we each wrote a scene to right. introduce. We said they're all going to be in the temple. Right. Write a scene and introduce your character to us. And mm -hmm. so even the first scenes we wrote, we didn't even think yeah. would necessarily be in there right. it was just mm -hmm. show me your character in action mm -hmm. so I've got and we would get a feel from each other's characters I mean, right. that's how I got to know all your characters and um, and now that we're in this revision process it's really interesting to see you know what we're cutting what we're shifting and I can't even tell you I think the betas beta readers are really valuable oh, I think, our betas anybody. were wonderful but I mean our betas were wonderful in this book and I think that we and they basically said, you know, this book isn't working. Try again. Right. <laughs> Give it another shot. Come Give back. it another shot. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that I've, I've gotten more out of the beta reader process in this book than I have on any other book that I've, that I've written. And I, I don't know if it's because we've got so many. I mean, we've got a cast of thousands. We've got so many things going on. We've got so much um, backstory that feeds into, you know, the, the top of the iceberg that we're leaving in the book. And, um, and it, I think it was just incredibly helpful. It was so helpful to have these beta readers look at it and be able to give us a clear picture, especially because I'd read my own scenes more i've revised my scenes I know. more in and this you, book you than i have see any them anymore solo. After a while. i can't see i can't see your stuff clearly anymore no i can't I've either so like, much, i've read know? this so many times i'm not even reading it it's like you start to skim because you know this stuff right you know which it. is you why know, we have to it. take a break every now and then and just step back because oh, we're just yeah. it just goes right. the words go it's in our eyes and right and you can't see it as clearly so the so the betas on this i think were extremely valuable even even more than on my solo books i've needed the betas on this they were great too. oh gosh they, mm -hmm. were, they were fabulous we love you betas betas yep. are wonderful absolutely <laughs> all right you so were we've vicious got... but we love you <laughs> you were vicious thank god you were thank vicious. god you were vicious yeah yes. better you than the readers <laughs> right. what were they thinking when they wrote <laughs> this kidding. book we thought it was really good. But we did have one tactful beta reader. We did. We did. We did. I mean, she told us what was wrong, but, mm -hmm. but in very gentle tones, and she was very soothing. Yes, so. yes. And it was the And obviously that was my yes. beta reader. Right. <laughs> right. I chose the kind one. You chose the kind one. What 
does that say yeah. about our personalities? Mine got at her knife and she was magnificent. Oh, God bless her too. Oh, gosh. We should dedicate the book to her. Um, Mary from Minnesota on the forums um, has a question for us on the Woolworth Forum forums. Hi, says, Mary. Hi, Mary. Mary. <laughs> from Minnesota. Um, I've wondered how it is split. Uh, who does what? Is it chapter by chapter? Different points of view? So let's go ahead and start with you, Jenny. Go ahead and explain. Uh, we each took... We were writing about a triple goddess, which was came out really well since there are three of us. So right. we each took a goddess. Mm-hmm. And I have the oldest one. I wanted the oldest one. She's 48. Mm-hmm. Her name's Char. And so I write Char's scenes and Char's romance. Mm-hmm. And because we need, it's like salt. The antagonist needs a point of view. But just a little bit. She's mm-hmm. not, it's the, the plot with the antagonist is almost the subplot because mm-hmm. we're really running the three romances. It's a romance novel. Mm-hmm. So I also write the the few commie scenes we have, the few antagonist scenes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then um, Chrissy, you have Abby. You want to talk about Abby? I have the bit? youngest, mm-hmm. which is interesting because I'm the oldest one here. Oh, please, uh, by like one year. Yes. Well, you know, I'm 37. <laughs> what can That's I true. say? <laughs> uh, and she counting. <laughs> the interesting thing with this one, it's not so much with this one. It was a lot more with the, our previous collaboration. But I tend, my characters, I tend to sort of turn into my characters, <laughs> or my characters mirror me. And my mm-hmm. character is Abby, who's the youngest. Mm-hmm. She's also the one who's instinctive. Mm-hmm. She's uh, emotional, instinctive. Uh, Lonnie's character is very talkative. <laughs> And, and Jenny's character is sharp and intellectual. <laughs> I wonder why. Not like us nope, at all. Yeah, my true. character is the one that had the Jonestown joke. Yes. <laughs> Lonnie's character and my character joke. fight all the time. Chrissy's character goes, ah, want a cookie? Yeah. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> Which is really great. Um, yeah, so um, so basically we all write our own characters, and then we go and we write um, our characters within, so my character's dialogue within your scene, something that I would go in, if you didn't get it right, then I would go in and rewrite it. Although I'm finding more and more, the further we go into the novel, the more you guys get my character just yes, dead yes, on. Yes, we get their voice, each other's you know. characters. So, um, and some of the funniest, what was the line that you gave Daisy? That I just loved. It was in like one of the latest. Oh gosh, I can't remember. But there was one line that you gave. We've Daisy. been very generous to each other, all of us, so with perfect. great lines. Yes, I know. You give Daisy a lot of really, really great lines. And Daisy, my character, is um, she's the middle uh, child, the middle goddess, and um, <laughs> <laughs> she's always trying to take control. It's she's so annoying. Always <laughs> trying to take control, and she just wants Char to be. <laughs> She just wants to get Char's attention and have Char be impressed by something that she does. Like, it takes a sure lot to impress Char. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Still, Daisy's always struggling to impress Char. <laughs> but um, but Daisy also has this incredibly sharp tongue. And she just comes out with these one-liners she's wonderful. all the time. She's wonderful. And uh, she's so much fun. I love, love, love writing Daisy. And I love it when you guys write Daisy. For some reason, when you guys write Daisy and Bailey, Bailey is her, <laughs> Jack her Russell Terrier that is just insane and out of control, and Daisy's very trying to keep things under control. And um, and when you guys write those characters, write any of my characters, you know, because I've got a handful. There's, there's the main character that is mine, and then there's I've got my sub character in Vera, and um, you have a sub character, and um, you have well, you have Bun and Jen, Chrissy. Chrissy yeah. has Bun and Jen, which are a couple of other and goddesses. I have Minnie. You have I have the homicidal ones, <laughs> the crazy ones. And um, and it's so much fun when you guys write 
my characters. I get so excited about that because it really is. It's like, you know, you say when you, when you have somebody who's writing your book and you get new pages of your book. Mm-hmm. And so it's fun. so fun. Yes. I just love getting new scenes from But then guys. we go in and we fix it, you know, like mm-hmm. if, if I screw mm-hmm. up Abby's dialogue, Chrissy comes back in and says, right. no, she wouldn't say that. But she would mm-hmm. say, in this situation, she would say this. That's and that's cool. actually, I really enjoy that part yes. where we start. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. yes. It's very helpful. And I mean, we love yeah. track changes. Yes. We track track changes. love track changes. And yeah. I bet a lot of people don't even know it exists in Word. I know. And it's fabulous. I wish we could do it. Some people, I think, are starting to do electronic copy edits that way with track changes in Word. Well, Bob and I always used to use it. And then mm-hmm. we just quit. And the yeah. one thing, when I revised your one scene, remember, Chrissy, mm-hmm. I didn't use track changes. And you went back and said, did you make any changes? And I thought, you know, if she'd seen the track changes, she'd have been upset. (laughs) So I went, no. (laughs) Evil. Exactly the way you wrote it, sweetie. Oh, gosh. Well, track changes, uh, for those of you who use Word, um, you can find it. You can look up track changes and um, reviewing. We do reviewing with comments. And uh, and that's how we, you know, critique each other's scenes. So that any of the changes that we make, you know, if I make a change in Chrissy's scene and she doesn't like it, she can just reject the change, you know, and, and do whatever she wants to fix the problem or not fix it if she doesn't think it's a problem. So um, one of the things that that does in collaborating is give us this incredible freedom because I don't have to worry about screwing up you know, your groove or whatever you've got going on that I can go in, I can make the changes that I, I think would make sense. And the only stuff that sticks, that absolutely has to stick is anything that directly comes out of Daisy's mouth. Right. You know, anything that she directly says or that her, you know, her guy is Noah now, it used to be Jamie, but we ne- renamed him. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, anything that they say, anything that my characters say, you know, sticks. But outside of dialogue, you know, I mean, anything that you have, I can just make the changes, you know, and you guys can keep it or reject it or whatever. So, uh, Track changes is fabulous for collaborating. I definitely thank you guys. If you want to collaborate, get to know how that works. Um, all right. For Jen from Columbus, who's also in Ohio. We're near Cincinnati. Um, how about some insight on revisions between friends? How are the final decisions made? I think we kind of hit on some of that. Right. Mm-hmm. But the final decisions. Um, You're always responsible for your own yeah. scene. You you get the final call. Mm-hmm. It's the shiny toy thing. Right. You get the final call. But, I mean, a lot of stuff is done by committee. I mean, we really... I don't think very often do we do we pull Although the shiny we toy. we do harass. <laughs> we didn't talk about um, critiquing sex scenes. Critiquing <laughs> sex scenes. Oh, is this like a PG? God. Is this a PG can, podcast? No, trust me. We talk about sex scenes. It's all right. Everybody get your children out of the room. <laughs> we critique each other's sex scenes. Okay. It's pretty bad. <laughs> they didn't like my sexy. <laughs> Well, you know, but I mean, like the three days thing. And then Lonnie wouldn't close the deal on her sex scene. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. They would not let it go. You even wrote it into your scenes. I know. It would not seriously be in the scenes. They'd be like, well, nobody has sex in the courtyard. I'm like, oh, (laughs) they're crying out loud. (laughs) But what was the three days thing? This is the thing with Jenny. <laughs> she would. This is what would happen. She would write a scene, and I would say, "Well, you know, this, this, and this." One of the things that Jenny's does a lot is that she'll she'll write two scenes in one, two, two, two scenes in one. Yes, and so bad. I would say, "Well, this part can be cut out," and she'd be like, "Well, no, well, I need that for blah blah blah." And I'd be like, "Well, this part you really need to cut out. <laughs> I need it for whatever." And then like three days later, she's like, "You know what? I really like it was her idea." She goes, and she's like, <laughs> "I really think I should cut the scene." I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> did you get such a brilliant idea she's like i could just pick this part out and put it in the other scene back there i'm like no way <laughs> I'm like i've been telling she's like what what and her she's eyes blink never gonna she's forgive like, me for that <laughs> i was like i've been telling you to 
do this for three days. <laughs> it was in the, the scene with Sam and Ray. The scene with Sam and Ray. All the stuff with Tim. They Ray. have to talk about Mary the Slut in this scene. Yes, yes, yes. You know, maybe they don't have to talk about Mary the Slut in this scene. <laughs> and you're like, you never liked her. <laughs> but that was hilarious. I mean, stuff like that. You've done that a couple of times where you make a suggestion. Then you come back and you'd be like, oh, like, it's your idea. So imagine <laughs> applying that to sex scenes and you get an idea of how hysterical this gets. <laughs> well, the thing with the sex scene was Sam. That was so funny. It was, was, it was, was a like, deeply serious sex scene, man. <laughs> I like... I, all I wanted was just something from him that said that this was an important moment. He's a guy who's having sex. It's an important moment. He is it totally is in the moment. He was, he was recognizing Shara's glittery hoo-ha. Right. And Jenny, I said that, and she's like, oh, fine, I'll go take his balls off. And she goes, Make him romantic. Back had to de-ball Sam. Had to de-ball Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you need to. You be had able to, to be there. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> well, plus it takes place over weeks. I mean, it's I not like we roll over and do this. <laughs> oh gosh, but it is. It is really a lot of fun. I think if you're going to collaborate with somebody, though, you definitely there were problems need to with Chrissy's sex scenes too. But she screams shiny toys. Shiny so toys. We have to back off. <laughs> there were no problems with my sex scenes. Lonnie and I never used the safety word. <laughs> 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 That's because you're masochist. We <laughs> <laughs> are. Beat me, baby. Self-torture is big. <laughs> I know. If you guys ever came back on one of my scenes, we're like, it's great. Don't change anything. I would feel so uncomfortable with I that. I know. We're going to do that now just to play. <laughs> just to mess with me. Don't change a thing. It's perfect. Yeah, there was I one time. Like the place oh, where Jamie God. doesn't have sex. We know you've led up to it. <laughs> promised the reader that was what was going to happen, but hey. Oh, my God. Did I tell you that Fish, during the courtyard scene, my courtyard scene that didn't quite get finished, but was getting finished off the page elsewhere, and they couldn't handle that. It had to get finished on the page. And um, so <laughs> he wanted me to write, like, this terrible porn scene. <laughs> Put it in well, the it's fish. What are you going to do? Uh, it would have been so funny if I'd had the time. I totally would have Oh, you mean it. to get back at us? He wanted to do that? <laughs> yeah, because he knew about all. I told him about all the well, stuff you yeah. guys were doing. Of course, he was also the one who said, no, it's much more he significant that they don't have. He said it was the way that it was. Yeah, he was trying to get the point. He, he just... didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's all right that the guy doesn't have sex as long as she's happy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now you've seen the ugly underbelly of collaborating. <laughs> oh, not even. <laughs> you haven't gotten to the ugly stuff yet. This is the clean stuff we can talk about. <laughs> All right. And there you have it. Everything you ever wanted to know about collaborating, but we're afraid to ask. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break, and we will be back in a minute. Well, the show's almost over, and I'm sure you're really sad about that. But now you don't have to wait another week to hear from Sam and Lonnie because we've got websites open 24-7 and ready when you are, morning, noon, or night. For Lonnie, be sure to stop by the newly redesigned LonnieDianeRich.com where Lonnie's latest books and news will be regularly updated. Right, Lonnie? Also, don't forget to drop by dogsandgoddesses.com, where Lonnie is collaborating live on the web with New York Times bestsellers Jennifer Cruzy and Ann Stewart. It's like a reality show with writers, which is really much more interesting than it sounds. So check it out. For more information on Sam, click your way on over to samanthagraves.com for her latest news and giveaways. I think she's better about updating. Yeah, that's right. There are also links to her blog, her MySpace page, and the website for her alter ego, C.J. Barry. 
author of award-winning futuristic romances. And don't forget to stop by at willwriteforwine.com for links to our joint MySpace page, our cafe press store, and all the cool things we talk about during the show. By the time you're done with all that, we'll be back in a new podcast next week. Everybody plays and everybody wins. Thanks for coming back. This is Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Will Write for Wine. This is just a sad opening without Sam. Want to win some great prizes? Of course you do. Head on down to willwriteforwine.com and give us some feedback. We're looking for questions, wine suggestions, or just general commentary on the show. Each month, all eligible entries will go into a wine bucket. At the end of the month, we'll pull a name out of the bucket to win a fabulous prize. Speaking of fabulous prizes, for February, we have a Will Write for Wine baseball cap from our Cafe Press store and a hand-knit wine cozy knit just for you by me. We've got pictures of one up on the website somewhere. I'll find it and link to it in the show notes. It's cute, really. Anyway, um, all you have to do to enter is send us email at feedback at willwriteforwine.com or comment on our website or participate in the forums. We will announce the February winner on our first March show. So send in your comments and suggestions now. And that leads us to last call here. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us. Keep sending in those wine suggestions to feedback at willwriteforwine.com or post them in the forums. Send good wine suggestions to Sam and send cheap wine suggestions for me. Uh, also, don't forget our Cafe Press store where you can get all kinds of great Will, Will Write for Wine merchandise. Sorry, I've obviously had a little bit too much wine tonight. Um, and uh, the link can be found in the right-hand column at the website, willwriteforwine.com. You know, you wouldn't think that I did this like every week. But Sam's not here, and I know my balance. Um, if you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to vote for us at Podcast Alley or review us at iTunes. Next week's show will finally be the show we promised you a few weeks ago, Movie Night with Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Except it's not Temple of Doom. It's Raid of the Lost Ark. And I screwed it up. Yes. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that in there, but it's in the script. No, it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. We'll be focusing on action and adventure and what great movie action sequences can teach you for your writing. And we'll also be going through structure and character arcs as well, just because it's always fun. So until next time, this is Lottie saying if you can't write for money, then write for wine. We'll see you next week. We'll Ride for Wine is brought to you each week by Lonnie Diane Rich and Samantha Graves. Be sure to hit the website at willwriteforwine.com where you can find great links to everything in the show, news about what the girls are up to, and links to great cafe press merchandise like t-shirts, hats, and mugs. I like the apron myself. Also, don't forget to friend them on MySpace at myspace.com slash willwriteforwine. Music provided by the good folks at the Podsafe Music Network, music.com podshow.com and if you enjoyed the podcast please tell your friends and go vote for Lonnie and Sam at Podcast Alley or write a glowing review at iTunes remember there's good karma out there vote for them at Podcast Alley come back next time as Johnny Depp's soulmate or perhaps Colin Firth mmm ring any bells or you know the, the soulmate whoever does it for you you get the point anyway thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time right here on Will Write for Wine caffeine consumption. So when I get up, I just have one cup of coffee and I like to have another cup of coffee with my breakfast. And on the way to work...